120 years. It's a long time. What an adventure that 120 years has been for me. Starting off as a, a baby in a basket, floating in the Nile River. I became a prince. A prince in Pharaoh's court. A son of Pharaoh. From prince I became, became fugitive. Murderer. From fugitive, unbelievably, a national leader. Leading my people out of Egypt, through the Red Sea, through the desert. What an adventure it's been. And here, here I am at 120 and my adventure's ending. On the border of the promised land, about to go in. But they won't have Moses as their leader anymore. I'm, I'm done. They don't have Moses to complain to anymore. That's a relief for me. Now it'll be Joshua. He'll lead them in. 120 years of walking with God, of learning from Him. And I've been, I've been writing down my, my farewell speech to them. One, one last chance for me to, to share with them what's really important in life, what they really need to remember and think about. One last chance to share my heart with the next generation before, before I disappear. As they step into the promised land, what is it that I want them to remember? There's a lot of things I want them to know. I, I could write about worship. Right? They need to know how to worship God in this new land that they're going to. That golden calf fiasco, we can't have that again. I could write a lot about worship. I could write about leadership, all the leadership lessons I've learned over 120 years. In Pharaoh's court, leading them through the desert. I could, I could write about trusting God. Trusting God for everything you need, whether it's water from a rock. Manna and quail from the sky. There's so much I want them to remember. I, I could be here another 120 years just writing it all down. But you know what I really want? What I really want them to know. What I really want them to do. Is that I want them to get their priorities straight. I want them to get those, those core values solidified before they go into this new land without me. You know what I feel like? I feel kind of like a parent. At that moment when, when their child goes off on, on her own. You, you got to let go, right? You got to send them off on their own. Some of you have done it. You know what I'm talking about. You, you've raised them all those years. And you, you hope and pray that. That the core value and foundation of faith that you've modeled and given them would, will stay solid. You want them to succeed. You want them to remember all that you taught them. That's what I want for my people. This is my last chance to pass along my legacy, my heritage to, to my children. That's really what they are. They're my children. So I want to do this right. So I'll simply write... Openly and honestly about, about what really matters to me. I'll just lay it out plainly for them. What I want them to know and remember. 
know, when I look back at 120 years, there's two things that come to mind. I really only had two passions. First of all, I was, I was passionate about my God. That's what keeps me feeling young. That's what keeps me feeling joyful. Even at the age of 120, I look pretty good for 120, don't I? It's because I love God, my passion for Him. Secondly, I was passionate about His people. And that's where all this gray hair comes from. I love these, I love these people. I love them like my own children. And sometimes I'm amazed at how much I love them. Because they can make me so mad. They are stubborn. They're obstinate. They're short-sighted. They're stiff-necked. They're sinful people who turned my hair gray and drove me to pull it out. But I love them. I really do. I love them because they are God's people. They're God's children and He loves them. And I desperately want them to love God like I do. I know that God has a great plan for them. He's got a great future for his people. I can see it. He's let me see it. I've seen it for 40 years. That's what kept me going through the desert. That's what this journey is all about. God wants these people to have more joy than they can ever imagine. More joy than they've ever experienced in their lives. He wants to give them their own land. We, we call it the land flowing with milk and honey. And that's what God wants them to have. He wants them to have the, that kind of blessing. That kind of joy in life. And that kind of blessing... To live life the way it's supposed to be and to have that kind of fulfillment and that kind of joy, that only comes through obedience. That's why I keep on reminding them again and again of the commands and the decrees that God has given them. I I just rewrote that at the beginning of my farewell speech. I listed them all there for them again. Because they need to remember them. Right? These commands are key for them to experience joy and fullness in life. I need to keep making it clear that God didn't give these commands, these rules, these regulations to take away their joy, but rather to make their joy complete. They are the path to God's great future. So I better remind them one more time. These are the commands and decrees and laws that the Lord your God is directing me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. And I led them all those years with one goal in mind. To bring them into God's preferred future. To let them experience true joy in life. I want so badly for these people to have that long life. To have that joy that God intends for them. And I know that the only way they can get it. The only way they can have it is to fear God. 
Right? Not, not the kind of fear of be afraid of him, but to fear God in, in the kind of way like, like respecting him and honoring him and knowing how awesome he is. Fear God and obey him. I know the temptations that they're going to face in this new land. You know what they're going to want to do? They are going to want to find a shortcut to joy. Everybody wants to, right? They're going to say, I know how I'll find joy, not through obedience, not through fearing God. I can find joy if I have a lot of stuff. I'll find true joy if I have more land and more money. I'll find true joy when I have my own home, my own business, my own family. I'll have joy if I can be in control at work, at home, at church. I'll have joy when I have power, right? They'll look for all those shortcuts. And I've got to get through to them here. That real joy, true joy, lasting joy only comes through God. Joy for them and joy for their children. It doesn't come from stuff. It's only from a committed relationship with God. I've got to make that clear. So hear, O Israel, be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord your God of your fathers promised you. Hear, O Israel, be careful to obey. I hope that will make it clear for them. The passion I have for them. How badly I want them to find joy in life. How badly God wants them to find true joy. Passion for God's people. But I better get back to my first passion. Yes, I have a passion for these people. But more importantly, I have a passion for God. And I want them to share that same passion. That needs to be my number one goal here in my farewell speech. That my children, my children will love God, will serve Him before anyone and anything else. That's number one. Nothing else matters to me more than that. I hope that's your passion for your children, for the next generation as well. Maybe it isn't. Maybe there's a different legacy that you're hoping for, for your children. Maybe you really want to pass down to them a, a social status or financial well-being. Maybe, the, maybe what you want to give to your kids more than anything else is an easy and comfortable life. Or, or maybe even success in sports is top priority right now for you. I hope, I hope not. But if any of those things come before a spiritual heritage, then it's time to do some soul searching. Because nothing else, nothing else is a close second. Nothing. For me, I want these people, I want my children to have God more than I want them to have anything else. 
So how can I make that passion clear to them? Let me try this. Hear, O Israel, my children. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. That, that captures my passion. My passion for God. To love Him with everything you have, with everything you are. Heart, soul, and strength. How do you teach passion? How do you teach that? How in the world do, you, do I get my heart for God into somebody else. That's what parents ask about their kids, right? How do we instill a passion and a love for God into their hearts and into their lives? How do we, along with God, obviously, how do we get them to reach that preferred future that God has for them? How do we get them to value the joy and the fulfillment in life that God has designed for them? How do I do that for a whole nation? Let alone... One other person. How do you do that for your children? How do we pass on a passion for God? Well, obviously you pray hard. You pray really hard. But then I think it has to start by making sure that they know God and know His commands. That they know those commands up and down, forward and backward. See, pa- passing on that passion for God, I think starts with education, starts with teaching. If they don't know God's commands, then how in the world are they going to obey them? How are they going to live them? And if they can't obey them and live them, then how are they going to experience the joy that God has in store for them? The best life possible that God has designed for them? They can't. We have to know them. But it's also got to be more than that, doesn't it? Because if the commands are just in in their heads, then they're going to start to obey out of legalism and not out of love. That's not what I want. That's not what God wants. So how can I make it clear to them that they need to know the commands of God and obey them not because they have to, but because they want to. How can I let them know that these commands need to be interwoven into the very fabric of their lives, so ingrained in them that they never forget that it becomes second nature to live that way? I think I got it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and with all your strength. Okay. These commandments that I give to you are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. Put them everywhere. Everywhere. They've got to do whatever it takes to remember God's commands. Because if they lose them, 
they lose everything. I'm going to tell you the truth as I as I look into the future of this nation. I'm scared. I'm scared for the next generation. I'm scared that they might do just that. That they might forget. Forget God. Forget his directions for living. And lose everything. Maybe I'm just being the typical grandpa. Every old person thinks the next generation is falling apart, right? Lately, I find myself doing what, what I swore I'd never do. We'll start almost every sentence with, back when I was a kid. I hated hearing that when I was younger, and now I'm saying it all the time. But you know, when I think about what it was like when I was a kid, back in Egypt, and then when I think about what these young people now are going to have in this new promised land, what a world of difference. When I was a kid... The people of Israel were slaves making bricks out of straw and mud. When I was a kid, Pharaoh killed little baby boys, threw them in the river, watched them drown. Population control, he called it. When I was a kid, the people of God turned to God because they had nowhere else to turn. They were desperate for him. And we were reminded every day of how badly we needed God. In this generation now, they didn't experience any of that. They never lived in Egypt. They were never slaves. All of that generation has died except for me and Joshua and Caleb. No one else lived it. No one else experienced it. So they don't know what it was like. And now, and now this generation is going to go into this promised land. And, and they're going to conquer large cities. They're going to move right into beautiful homes, fully furnished with cupboards full of food. They're going to have great wealth just fall into their lap. They're going to take in a harvest that they didn't lift a finger to work for. They're going to have it all and more. And that scares me. It really does. It scares me because when things are going well, that's when we forget God. That's when we forget about Him. It's when things are easy that we compromise His commands. It's when we're looking at all the good things of this world that we lose sight of God and we stop looking at Him. And I'm scared that they're going to lose sight of God. I can't let that happen. When the Lord your God brings you into the land He swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you, a land with large, flourishing cities that you did not build, Houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide. Wells you did not dig. And vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. And when you eat and are satisfied. Be 
careful. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of slavery. They've got to remember. They've got to remember God and His directions, His commands. They've got to know them in their heads. They've got to hold them in their hearts. And they've got to live them in their lives. If I knew they would do that, if I knew they would do that, then I would not be afraid for them. Then I wouldn't be worrying about this younger generation. That's what I need to do. It's what I need to do. It's what parents need to do for their children. What each generation needs to do for the next one. We need to teach them. We need to tell them the stories of what God has done. And not just, not just the Bible stories. We need to tell them our stories of what God has done for us. We need to tell them of God's wondrous works and His faithfulness in our lives and in their lives. We need to make sure they know who God is and what He's done. Young people need to learn. But us older folk, us parents and grandparents, we need to teach. We need to tell the stories of God. We need to use every method possible, right? We need to talk about God when we're sitting at home and when we're walking along the road and everywhere in between. We need to be talking about God when we first get up in the morning and when we lie down at night and every moment in between. We need to set up reminders for ourselves and our children. Reminders that will get us talking all the time. All this world is a classroom, right? A classroom in which the glory of God is taught. You know, learning that knowledge, teaching that knowledge up here is important. But living it out is even better. God's not just looking for transformed minds in our kids in this next generation. He doesn't just want them to know a bunch of stuff. He wants to change lives. And for us adults, a transformed life for us is a better way to teach than any book that we teach. Our actions will speak louder than words to our children. We as parents need to model a godly life for our children every single day. That's what family is for. That's what church community is for. I've got to teach this nation. You've got to teach your children I've got to get through to them that knowledge without action, right? Teaching us speaking words to them without applying it in our own lives, it aborts the whole process. They need to live out their lives what they want their children to know and live. So how about if I give them an example of how that works? In the future, when your son asks you, What's the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded us? See, this, this young boy, 
He's learned all the knowledge, right? His family has done well, taught him the, the commands and decrees. He's got it all stuck in his head. And now he sees his father living them out, and, and he wants to know what it all means. How does this apply to my life? Tell him. We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent miraculous signs and wonders, great and terrible, upon Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us, to bring us in and give us the land that he promised on oath to our forefathers. The Lord commanded us to obey all his decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive as is the case today. And if we are careful to obey all this law before the Lord our God as he has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. That's it. That's what I want them to know. If they are careful to learn and obey the Lord and his commands, that will be their righteousness. Then they can have that relationship with God that transforms their lives, that brings them peace and wholeness and joy in life. I want so badly For these people to have a relationship with God. I want them to experience the joy of having a transformed life. But I'm scared they're going to forget. And that that passion that I have for God is going to die with me. They've got to teach And they've got to learn or all will be lost. Parents have got to tell the stories of God to their children. They've got to let their their children see God working and alive in their lives. They have got to share their passion and their joy and not be shy about talking about God with their kids. Not be shy about sharing spiritual things. They've got to model for their children a life completely sold out for God. No no second place there. God above all things. Their kids need to see it because that's how they'll teach it. The best way that they as parents can pass along what really matters to their children is to live out that spiritual legacy. To live out a spiritual heritage. There it is. I've said what I need to say to them. I think that's all I'm going to write. At least for now. I'm sure I'll, I'll come back and write more later. But, but that's it. They've heard what they need to hear. They need to be people who are forever learning and forever teaching more and more about God. Parents need to be living out their passion for God daily. Children need to be watching and learning. Told them what they need to do. Now the question is, 
Will they do it? I can't answer that one. I'm not going to be around to see. Will they do it? Will they have a deep passion for God? Will they love Him with all their heart, soul, and strength? Will they fill their heads and their hearts and their lives with the truth and the knowledge of God? Will they live transformed lives that that everyone, especially their children, will see God through them and see their passion? Will the next generation see God and know God through them? 120 years of life. 40 years of leadership, one farewell speech. I'm done. Taught them all I can. Now it's time to pray for them, to pray hard for the future, to pray hard for their spiritual future more than anything. Will you join me as I pray for these people? Father God, I pray for your people, the people you love, the people that you have a great passion for, the people that I love dearly. Make them a people of passion, Father, a passion for you, a passion to love you with all their heart, soul, and strength, God, a passion to know you, a passion that their children will know you and love you. Give them a passion for the next generation. You know all the things that are, the things of this world that will pull them away. The good things of this world that will make them forget. That will steal away their passion. You know that when, when a parent's passion for you is stolen away, the kids hardly stand a chance. When parents aren't showing a love for you above everything else, and kids are going to learn not to love you. Father, make the parents and the adults of these people godly models. May their lives every day, the things they do, the words they say, the values they live by. Model a life of obedience and joy. And may these children see it. And know it. And want it. And learn it. And live it. Father, you've been faithful. You picked me up so many times when I failed. You set me back up and loved me again. Thank you that for all of us as parents and grandparents who have failed in this. That you're here to pick us up and to let us start anew and to start again. Thank you for your faithfulness. May we be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand to sing.